Welcome back to the Gallery of Curiosities. I remain, as always, your humble host, Osgood. Well, November already. Still feels like October to me. Halloween was a rather somber affair this year. It's usually our busiest time of the year. Not this year, not in 2020, but far be it from me to let the season pass without some festivities of some sort. I had the editors decorate the grounds so that the neighbors would have something to wonder at whilst on their evening promenades. Andrew, as the Swamp Thing, took his place in the pond. Lori and Serafina portrayed horror movie twins and tossed candy over the front gate. And then there's Kevin in the gibbet, hanging from the balcony. Our exhibit for this evening comes by way of Ms. Deborah L. Davitt, who was raised in Nevada but lives in Houston, Texas with her husband and son. She's known for her pushcart-nominated poetry, short stories, and novels. Her work has appeared in FNSF and Asimov's, among other venues. It will be performed by Ms. Sarah Golding. To Our Own Ghosts by Deborah L. Davitt Michael Wentworth could hear voices coming from the nursery. His wife Emily's, raised in agitation, and the babies, rising in a low wail. And something else. Lower, colder, crueler. Jinky up still in hand, he made his way upstairs. He didn't tap on the door. While the wallpapered room should have been warmed by the steam radiator creaking gently against the wall, cold air blasted past him through the door as he opened it. Over his wife's shoulder, bared to nurse their son, he spotted a shadowy female figure standing near the window, wearing an old black gown that had seen better days. A widow's veil, the likes of which he hadn't seen since he was a boy, drifted over her features, concealing every detail. His heart hammered at the intrusion, but part of him had expected this. They'd been warned, hadn't they, when they'd bought this house. You don't scare me! Emily raised her chin her short bobbed curls barely touching her shoulders as she did. Michael watched as the figure lifted its veil, tilted its face into the dim light of the electric bulbs burning near Emily's chair, revealing a desiccated visage and empty eye sockets filled with blood that leaked down her cheeks like tears. 
In Emily's arms, their son wailed again, waving his tiny fists. You think they haven't seen worse? Emily demanded. I nursed my family through the influenza outbreak in 1918. I watched my brothers and sisters turn blue and die. I helped in the casualty wards listening to men gasp for air after their lungs had been ravaged by the mustard gas. You can't hurt me. Go away. The ghost raised a finger, pointing menacingly at Emily and the child. You neglect your son, it hissed. The cold whisper crawled up Michael's spine, slid along the walls, tapped at the frosted window. Emily, he said mildly, why don't you give me Thomas? You have a meeting tonight, don't you? Emily looked away from the ghost, her expression surprised as she registered his presence for the first time. Michael, darling. She pulled her dress up a little self-consciously as she stood, her back to the looming apparition. Michael kept an eye on the spectre warily, just in case its clawed hands reached out for her. You... Don't mind my going out? A hint of uncertainty in her voice as her eyes edged to the side, as if the ghost's words had shaken her despite her bravado. Certainly not. Thomas and I can have a jolly gent's night together. He took the infant in his free arm, nestling the small head against his shoulder. Besides... I happen to agree with you on the whole question of suffrage and ah, you need a break from Thomas now and again. He pressed a kiss to her forehead. Go do some good. A hiss from the spirit made Emily's face twitch. Is it? Is it there? She whispered. Is it real or am I imagining it? Oh, I see it. We were warned when we moved in. Run along. I'll have a chat with our uninvited guest. See if I can work things out, eh? Emily laughed. The low ringing sound he loved so much. And if you can manage that, more people should retain you for your services as a barrister. They should, he agreed equitably taking her seat in the chair regarding the spirit. As the door closed behind Emily, the spirit hissed again and raised its claws, trying to reach for the infant on his shoulder. Stop that. Stop that. Michael informed the ghost tiredly. I spent four years in the trenches of the Western Front. I saw my closest friends die, choking on their own blood. You don't scare me any more than you frightened Emily. The spirit twitched back, clearly befuddled. You neglect your child. <laughs> Michael glanced sidelong at the infant, now firmly dozing on his shoulder and took a sip of his tea. No, just because we're raising him differently than you raised yours, 
And just because Emily isn't a martyr to his upbringing doesn't make us neglectful. <sighs> Try again. Trespassers. This is my house. Mine. No, Michael replied stolidly, reaching out to adjust a shade on the electric lamp. We purchased this house. Our names are on the deed. That makes you a trespasser. Or at the very least, a tenant who's damn well in arrears in terms of rent. I'll pay up or there's a bottle of holy water downstairs, beside the rat poison and the fire extinguisher, I believe. He believed in being prepared. So did Emily. The ghost recoiled, starting to weep. <gasps> I lost them. I lost all. Them because of my own inattention. You're making a terrible mistake. Michael sighed. I understand. You feel that you have unfinished business, but this, this isn't your place anymore. It's not your time. We've got electricity now, and plenty of our own evils to deal with. Why don't you move on? You'll regret this. There's worse than me. Michael exhaled, remembering the hundreds of spirits climbing out of the trenches clambering through the barbed wire hell of no man's land to take the hands of equally ghostly enemies before vanishing before his eyes. Those nights in Belgium lurked behind his eyelids every night, along with all the faces of those he'd lost. He didn't doubt that Emily saw similar things before sleep herself. I don't doubt that, he replied his throat tightening. What? They're at least our ghosts to deal with. Leave us to it. Leave us to it. The ghost retreated for the moment. Michael didn't doubt for an instant that she'd be back to pester some other lodger, or even little Thomas once the baby grew older. The trick is, he counselled his son softly, learning to live with your own ghosts, owning your guilt for still numbering amongst the living. The baby hiccuped, and Michael kissed his son's soft forehead. It's all right, you'll learn yourself in time. Oh, I hope you won't need to. And here I thought hard times were only for the living. 
At this point, I certainly would not send a ghost on its way if it could provide me with some sort of fresh conversation. This evening's narrator was Ms. Sarah Golding, who has created a huge range of character types for indie audio drama and been in such wondrous podcasts as Amelia Project, Edict Zero, and Hostile Worlds. She runs script writing competitions with her company, Quirky Voices, producing and performing new writing at podcast events. For more information, visit Sarah Golding, voice actor, and more at weebly.com. Well, now that Halloween is done and done, I suppose I should let Kevin out of that gibbet. What is the world coming to after all? The neighbors should have called public service on us days ago. Do take care of one another and visit us next time at the Gallery of Curiosities. Gallery of Curiosities is produced under a Creative Commons International 4.0 non-commercial attribution no derivatives license. Copyrights remain with the authors. Our theme song is Ashes Ashes by Deus Ex Vapora Machina. This episode was produced in November of 2020. For full show notes, visit us on the web at gallerycurious.com. Is it gibbet or gibbet? I shall do it both ways. And there's Kevin in the gibbet, hanging from the balcony. It must be gibbet.